welcome to the space between words. I'm here with Eric Johnson. And I'm here with Shana Acosta. <laughs> yes. How are we, you today? I'm doing great. Yeah? I'm doing really great, actually. Cool. And uh, I'm actually going to go hit the course this afternoon. Wow. So I'm excited about that. You love golf. Oh, gosh. It's so bad. <laughs> it, really? It's, when when did this love begin of golf? There's a meme out there that shows a little league team, uh-huh. baseball, okay, and Thank like uh, like hockey, like kid playing hockey, like you know little league hockey. I don't know what it's called, but anyways, and the memes had pictures of these kids on playing baseball and hockey as kids, and it said these are guaranteed golf addicts in 30 years. Oh, interesting. So I play baseball. Okay. And so standing sideways, hitting a ball, I had just always loved it. But what golf for me, I have lo- I fell in love with golf in high school, played on a club, not a team, and then I laid it down because we had kids. Time consuming, bit, bit expensive. Bit expensive. <laughs> but about four years ago, I told myself, when my youngest graduates high school, I am all in. Oh. So that was four years ago. Okay. And it is bad. It's bad. It is so bad, Shana. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to exaggerate here, but it's... It's in the realm of 70 to 90% of my thought life. Oh, wow. Revolves I around love this it in some capacity. Yeah. Wow. But you know what? That's actually really good for my mind because okay. I, I'm a little OCD. Okay. <laughs> a little might be. A little, a little interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. I have some traits. You have some traits. But I can aim it oh, okay. at the game. Got so it. I can let it all out there and it affects nobody. Except it affects for you. just me. Yeah. So it's actually a really healthy thing, and I love sports. So seventy anyway. percent. Yeah. So thoughts. I'm gonna go play golf this afternoon with a couple of friends that I haven't seen in a couple of months, and so I'm uh, doing great. Wow. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. I'm not playing golf. You're I, not playing I need golf. to figure out what that is for me. That what is your hobby? Uh, yeah. I oh, dance. maybe we should dedicate an episode to hobbies. Maybe that's what we should do. We should do. Let's talk about that someday. Yeah. Okay. Hobbies. That's, that's a little that's scary to me because I don't know if I have a hobby. I need to figure that out. I have one that you could get into. Oh, I don't think that's me. Do people... Maybe wait till your kids get older. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I just... Uh, hold on. Before we go back, I still have to... You think hockey players will become... Well, if you think about it, and it's true, <laughs> a lot of baseball players love golf. I, I get baseball. I just... I can't see... Well, I, I mean, it's, it's a lot of hockey players, um, also a cricket cricket i could see cricket so i have friends from you know australia new zealand and that part of the world and when they get into golf they love it and they actually transitioning from baseball to golf is really hard yeah because the baseball fundamentally the baseball swing does not work well in a golf swing okay you think it would but it doesn't yeah um hockey's a little better but i would say cricket transitioning from a cricket to playing golf is actually you're actually much better yeah the fundamentals of the swing interesting so yeah so i have a friend who i coveted for a couple of years because he played cricket a lot so his fundamentals of the golf swing were way more on par yeah Ooh, par par on par, on par yes uh on in line with a proper golf swing interesting so i had to go to a coach and say i need you to deconstruct my baseball swing i need you to get rid of it I don't play baseball anymore. You, you got and coach. this was four or five years ago. Wow. Yeah. So I went to a coach and he said, all right, we're going to start from the ground up. And so literally gave me everything from feet to knees to hip exercises and drills. 
This is, this is what my OCD just no, gets fed. No, I love fed. this. Okay. And rebuild from the ground, literally the, from my bottom of my body to the top. Had to rebuild it because it was all baseball fundamentals. So anyways. That's interesting. So I, I don't think I'll ever go into a batting cage again for baseball because I don't want to mess you up You don't want to mess up your swing. I'm like, so. I have to confess that I've never actually ever in my life played golf or even we, done the like... What are the the restaurant where you like just top golf? Top, I've never done that. I'm I, so scared. We should totally do like a, a team day at Top Golf, and I can just laugh. I know it. It would because I'm afraid that I'm gonna like swing and I'm not even gonna hit the ball, or like have you it's seen a those? real thing. Yeah, and then it's, people like swing too hard and they fall off into uh, the net. Into the net, yeah. That's that's. Can we do that? Let's. I want to so see that happen. Terrifying. Gosh. Maybe we'll dedicate an episode to golf. Oh, there's yes. actually a lot of like principles. I love principles. this. It's a lot of life principles. And I'll let you talk. It might be the least viewed, least yes. listened to, but it will still be fun. So <laughs> It'll feed. Anyway, it'll feed so recently, okay. Shana, you shared the story about rhinos. Yes. That were really fascinating and quite compelling. And uh, I would love for you, I'd love for this episode to be around that story. And we're going to kind of segue into some other topics. Yeah. But could you, uh, could you kind of tell the story, uh, the rhino story the that rhino you shared story. recently? I love this. I hope people listening are going to laugh that it went from golf to rhinos. I think that should be the title. Golf to rhinos. Golf and rhinos. Do rhinos golf? Do rhinos golf. Okay. We need to keep going. going. Tell the story. So I recently read this article and it was actually in New York Times, which I love. And um, they were telling the story that rhinos were becoming extinct. And there was an issue with that because they were being poached. Mm -hmm. And um, because a lot of the poachers were killing them only for their horns. They were, that's what was coveted. Mm -hmm. And so they would kill the rhino just for, just for one particular piece, nothing else. And I think that's crazy. I mean, that's kind of blows my mind. It's so sad. It is so sad. I mean, like not to eat, not to sell anything else, just the horn. And um, so a bunch of people got together and they were like, how do we save the rhinos? And they found that obviously the, the horn is just like a toenail. So clipping it off doesn't harm the, the rhino at all, which I did not know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so they decided to start putting the rhinos down and um, asleep and sawing off their horns and then obviously waking them back up so that it would keep them protected and prevented from poachers killing them for their horns. So they could get the horn but not kill the animal. Exactly. Yeah. Does that make sense? So I just thought, well, that's an interesting thought. That's creative. I thought that's, that's cool. Except my, my first question was, what is a rhino without a horn, right? And because going to the zoo, you see that. You can see them in the distance, the horns, and you're like, that's a rhino. Totally. And when I brought this up to our church and I asked them, I think somebody said it was a, just a hippo after that, like, you know, like a sad hippo. And, and so what they found was that it started to work like, yes, it was helping the poachers not kill the rhinos. But then something started to happen that it went into detail that these rhinos started stop like they stopped hanging out with each other they stopped even protecting their territory because they found out that it literally said that rhinos it was their um it affected their confidence i'm reading this so that you guys can get this right um and uh, it literally brought down it shrunk their territories 82 percent of their territory so the territory that they would roam yes. or own, so to speak, yeah. when they got their horns cut off, it shrank? It shrank. 82%. 82%. Wow. Because they didn't know how to function. They actually said that they were quite embarrassed <laughs> to be associated with other rhinos. And that, so that started making me think, like, okay, like, 
can we put that into us? Because I, I think about like when we kind of put things onto us or a title of who we are, and if that thing is stripped of us, then what would happen to our identity as well? And so that just started me going down the journey of identity. And, um, and it's crazy because I feel like um, going in and hanging out with this generation a lot, it's become almost trendy to put things into their DNA, like to attach things that are not originally their design into their DNA. So, for instance, I was reading a book recently, and there was a quote, and I, I want to make sure I get this right. It says, currently, fear has become, in some ways, slightly fashionable. And there's a guy by the name of Peter uh, Stern. And I thought that was interesting, because here's this, I, I actually, you know, this is me. You, you're, you love golf, but I love, like, researching, like, what they actually mean. So I looked up the word fashionable, mm -hmm. and it literally is, like, time of something you're proud to put on. And so he's saying that this generation is literally proud to put on fear and to walk in fear. And so I started like, man, that's a, that's a crazy thought of where we are. So Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. You do hear more in conversation in people's vocabularies of anxiety, fear, ADHD. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you go down these lists of things, and obviously there's some evidence of that being in people's life, but it's become how we introduce ourselves to people. And it's become a common conversation about our struggles. So it, it's become almost cool to have struggles. Yeah. And that's become the, the human discourse in relationship is more about that, yeah. about that identity. Yeah, no, I, I feel like that's, that's very common. I mean, working with, you know, this next generation coming up a lot, um, that's so common for them to introduce themselves and say, hey, my name is this, and I have ADHD, I have anxiety, I have depression or, or disorder, whatever it is. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that those aren't like real struggles, but it's, it's literally become who we are instead of something that we're battling. They've just accepted it. And I think what's interesting, going back to the, the uh, rhinos, is that when you take away who you are, the very essence of who you are, then you don't know how to have community. You don't know how to defend territory. I mean, like, it's real. It, it becomes you a struggle. You get reduced. You get reduced. You, and, and it's fascinating, 82%. I mean, they, they're literally getting to reduce to the, the space that they actually exist. So in other words, they're not, they have no other spaces in life. No where they're roaming and they're being who they are. So that's, I mean, that translates into uh, the conversation around manhood. Yeah. Conversation around womanhood. I know. Conversation around humanity. And how much have, it'd be fascinating to do some more studies on this, but how much of our lives have been reduced down. So we're not actually doing very much because yeah. we don't know who we really are. Yeah, because if we go into the idea of like, we were created in God's image, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, think about that. We were created in something that is perfect, right? Like we were created in his image. And he spoke us into existence and in, in all of this. And so has what we have just deemed into our DNA as far as like, or woven into it, like, oh, I have you know anxiety when I'm around crowds. Well, that keeps me from walking into a crowded area, which would keep me from maybe bringing who God created me to be in mm -hmm. that area where mm -hmm. I was supposed to be. So what has... 
like what allowing that to become a part of who I am, what is that keeping me from mm-hmm. or what am I not walking into because of those things? Yeah. It could being created by God is it, it directly connected to your existence. Yeah. So the ability to create is so deeply connected to your existence. Yeah. And I was just with the group of people last night and talking about, um, I don't want anybody in this room to struggle with if they're creative. Yeah. I only want you to struggle with what do I create? Wow. And so, and it's connected to this because I think our identity is so, so, I don't know if we know how deep it is into the idea that we get to create. Because when you look at, what's fascinating too is God is first identified as creator in scripture. Yeah. Before he identified as the father, before he's identified as the provider. Mm-hmm. All these different beautiful names around God. The first name he's identified as is creator. Yeah. So the very essence of who God is, he's created us and the ability to create. So when we talk about what did God create? Well, in Genesis, we see he created beauty. He created life. He created everything that we know in existence, at least started it. And it's been creating ever since. So we have to ask ourselves the question, if if we believe God created us, then the next, next thought is this. Then what did he create? He created beauty. He created life. So then I would propose that we are actually designed as human to create beauty and to create life. life. Yeah. And to take, you know, when you look at the scripture, Genesis one, the spirit of God hovered over emptiness and void. Yeah. So he took something from nothing and created something. Now we don't have the ability as human to make something from, from nothing, from, yeah. but he's given us material. He's given us um, substances. He's given us things to actually, so everything we see like this table, these laptops, yeah. our clothes, everything we see would actually in another form. Mm-hmm. But because of human creativity, because of the image of God, we're able to take a material and because of an idea, yeah. create it into something else. So we know the essence of being a human is to create, to create beauty, to create life. And so what we're talking about today, that story is, are we creating anxiety? Yeah. Are we identifying by all these struggles? And like you said, it's not an issue if you don't have them. Yeah. But how do you see yourself? What is your perception of your own identity? Yeah. And that's the challenge because it's become fashionable. It's become cool. It's become trendy. You know, if you don't have a therapist, you're part of the out crowd. Yeah. If you have a therapist, you're part of the in crowd. crowd. And I'm for therapist. I have one, but it's not something we should like, man, I you know my therapist, like our conversations are so much around our struggles, mm-hmm. uh, the parts of us that need healing, that need restoration. So ha- let's talk you now. How, what would you say? How do you transition from identifying yourself and even in your own language, language. vocabulary to other people, your friend, moving from what you struggle with mm-hmm. and moving into what you were designed to be, like getting a new identity. Yeah. I think the first thing is mindset, which we always, you know, we always tend to, in the, even in this podcast, we're always talking about, it's got to start with you first. Um, but I do, I think it's mindset because when I get sick with a cold, I immediately want to get rid of it. Like, I'm like, this is not... I don't, I don't think that this has become who I am. Mm-hmm. I just am like, hey, I got to get rid of this cold so I can move on. And I think that's the first thing for me that I, I feel like has to shift is that we have to stop seeing these things as things that are going to be permanent in our lives um, and see them as things that we can conquer. Mm-hmm. And so just changing that mindset alone of being like, okay, 
yes, like I'm, I'm battling this right now, but it's not who I was created to be. It's mm-hmm. not what was put into me in, in my original design. And so shifting that mindset first, mm-hmm. I think is, is crucial. Yeah, there's a, there's a story in the Bible where David, uh, in the Old Testament, and David um, is looking for a weapon. Mm. And he goes into the temple and he talked to the, the priest and he said, I need a weapon, I need a weapon. I'm summarizing the story, of course. And they say, well, Goliath's sword is right over there. And so David goes over and grabs the sword. Now, he had already killed Goliath many years before. So yeah. now he's kind of in the fugitive space of his life. So he grabs the sword and it becomes his sword for the remainder of his life. So the very, the principle here is the very weapon that was designed to kill him yeah. actually became his greatest weapon. Exactly. And so when we say phrases like take the material of your life and create beauty from it, mm-hmm. it's not, it's abstract, but what it really means is the things that are trying to come at you. Yeah. Anxiety, fear, control, manipulate, all these things that we deeply struggle with as humans and the human life experience, those things can actually become your greatest weapon. weapon. So this is why it's common to see someone that, you know, maybe struggled with, uh, let's use an extreme example, drug addiction or yeah. alcoholism or, or maybe even struggle with suicide. When they, have, when they have a transition moment from this is no longer who I am, mm-hmm. and in our world it's an encounter with God, like God meets that person yeah. and, and their new identity, and all those beautiful things that we read about in Scripture, when they actually transition, guess who they are passionate about helping? People that struggle in those yeah, same areas. Yeah, people that struggle. So when we say take the material of your life, we're actually saying oh, what, to go find that weapon, that sword that yeah. was trying to kill you, and diminish you, oppress you, and make you smaller, and to reduce, for the rhino story, to reduce your world 82% down. Yeah. That thing, whatever that is, your your future has a high likelihood it's around helping two people that are struggling with the same thing. Yeah. And so there, so some of some of the very things that are coming at us actually the very things that are gonna become our greatest weapon. Man. And so if you're dealing with fear, guess what? One of your greatest weapons is probably going to be peace. Yeah. If you're dealing with anxiety, probably one of your greatest um, weapons is going to be a sound mind. Yeah. A mind that is healthy and it knows how to navigate the complexities of life. Mm-hmm. So I think we can start looking at these different things. And so getting people, helping people to recognize that this is actually something trying to kill you and diminish you. How do you, let's move into a space where like, okay, how did this become my greatest weapon? Yeah. I love that. Start with mindset, like you said. Mindset. Is there anything else that you would encourage someone to move from one from one identity to a more beautiful identity? Yeah. So I also, uh, I'm going to go from the biblical side of things, the renewal of your mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's really interesting because sometimes it's hard to break that first mindset of mm-hmm. like, this is who I am because it's, you've lived in it for so long, right? Like it's become, you know, something that's attached to mm-hmm. you. So when it talks about the renewal of your mind, like, Actually, you know, every book that I read um, of someone that's been successful, they start off by, and I, and I know there's a lot of different studies, but like writing what you, who you want to be, who you are, and putting that in front of you, affirmations, whatever that mm-hmm. is. I mean, I remember like reading a book of, of a really successful man that like would wake up and he would have written things on his ceiling. So he woke up to reading those things of how he mm-hmm. wanted to be or who he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So believing and putting yourself also like with community as well. And I know we've talked about this before, but I, I'm such a huge advocate for finding really healthy community 
who can speak into you when you, you don't know how to fight or mm-hmm. how to pick up that weapon yet. Or mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yeah. And like, and finding people that can say, Hey, that's not who you are. So that eventually you start believing it. I mean, um, can we get getting personal here? Right. Like, um, walking with you guys for the last, you know, going on three years, we're going this is like third year. We're so getting good. Some time. We're getting some time. Um, but one of the things, you know, speaking was a huge, scary thing for me and being around people that believe in you and give you opportunity, whether you fail or not, um, is huge because mm-hmm. then it creates this, this, I don't know, belief in yourself eventually that, oh, I actually can do this, but I couldn't have done it without people around me that believed it. Mm-hmm. So I think finding that community and that's what makes me so sad about these rhinos, <laughs> But they, they're losing their community and mm-hmm. they're losing their ability to, to even defend who they are because they have, you know, been reduced to. And sometimes in community, rhino. you can refine your identity. Exactly. So I would tell people, if you're surrounded with people that are only sympathizing with your struggles, That's it. you have to surround yourself with other people. That's it. Now, friends friend are great for empathy, sympathy. Yeah. There's a place for that. But if that's the only voice you have in your life as mm-hmm. far as community that's only empathizing or sympathizing, then you've got to find other people to yeah. surround yourself with. They're going to call you out into that. Yeah. And sometimes you may not be able to stir up your own hope, but at least let someone that has hope influence you. Yeah. And so that's what would be my advice to people. Like, I know there are seasons in my life long. I... I can work up hope, but it's fake. Mm-hmm. So I need to get around someone. So Candace would be someone for me or yes. a close friend of mine. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is where I'm at. Can you give me some hope? Like, give me some, like, help me see the future differently. Cause right now it looks pretty bleak. Yeah. So surrounding yourself community is huge. So I, I'm repeating myself, but surround yourself with people that actually don't just empathize or sympathize. They actually call you up, they call you out, and they confront you. Yeah. And one of the challenges with um, internal struggles, everything about them, the DNA in that struggle is to get you isolated. Mm-hmm. It's to like get you into a space where you're all alone. alone. And we all know when we're isolated, that's when real damage can really begin to take place. Yeah. And so I would say if you feel the urge to be isolated and to get disconnected, and move into that direction, then you need to be willing to fight the battle to do the exact opposite. Yeah. And I, I deal with a lot of men. I mean, deal with people, but I would talk to men. Men have this internal thing of like, I need to suck it up. Uh, I got to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my dad told me this is how you deal with issues. Put my boots, you know, you just kind of get this, uh, this manly attitude. And I, I, for the last number of years, have been telling men, if you can't do it by yourself, then ask for help. Yeah. Like at least ask for help. Yeah. And could most guys, but the 10 years goes by and they're, they think they've gotten stronger. No, they've just gotten more hard hearted. Yeah. They got more calloused. They've gotten more, they got more disattached from their emotion, from their mind. And they're like, oh, I'm good. I don't struggle with that anymore. Yeah, but you're numb. You're You're flat. You're dead. Yeah. And so I think this is a really beautiful conversation for people to realize your struggles are not your identity. Yeah. It's not who you are. There's another story in the Bible where <clears throat> there's a blind man, and and Jesus and Jesus um, healed the blind man. And in the story, there's one line that says he threw his cloak. So if we can picture this blind man had a garment, mm-hmm. that from my understanding in that era and that those days, you were identified as a blind man with a certain kind of cloak. I've oh, heard wow. some different scholars talk about this. 
And so that cloak was his identity. It was mm-hmm. identifying, oh, this is the blind man. So when he gets healed, when his eyes are open, he throws his cloak. And it's a beautiful imagery. It's a real story. It's a beautiful imagery of like, okay, that's my old identity. I now have to let it go. Yeah. So I think, I wonder how many times we need to like literally take off these garments that we've clothed ourselves. Mm-hmm. We Everybody knows, oh, this is who I am. Yeah. And you want to start moving into the future. You have to literally throw those garments, those cloaks, those identities to the side. And so all these identity, anxiety, fear, all these things that we're talking about. Okay. For some, it's like, okay, I no longer associate with that. Yeah. Doesn't mean I numb that part of me. Doesn't mean I don't ever struggle with it. It's just no. mean, that is no longer how I want you to see me. Yeah. I want, to, I want to see myself someone that creates beauty, creates and, life, and creates a future. Yeah, and I think also like not letting those become safety nets because I know in my mm. own life, when I allow those things, even if I've taken them off, if I even define it as in my past, like, oh, I'm, I'm scared to speak because of X, Y, Z, um, then it, it gives me an out and, mm-hmm. it, and I yeah. can lean on that. And I think that's what is... Um, my encouragement to people that are listening is, is not letting it even become an out. Like, you know, at some point, you know, the circus, you know, they talk about the people that like, what, what is even that called anymore? Um, where they swing trapeze. Trapeze, Yes. So like, you know, at some point they eventually like get rid of the, the net and you're like, Oh my gosh. Um, it's scary, but it also creates that like awe factor of the circus is the Coldplay lyric, the spot between the two trapezes. Oh, yeah. Of letting go of one and getting to, and getting to the next so, one. Yeah. I had to bring a Coldplay. I there. love that. It's great. They're, they're worthy to be quoted. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I think there's that moment of like, you know, I'm scared, but I'm going to, mm-hmm. I don't want this to define me, even create a safety net for me because yeah. I want to move on. I want to grow. Yeah. And if you're listening, I think for me, it's like knowing that we need your story because mm-hmm. just like you were saying with your, um, your weapon is a story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. Like who, if you stay in that, that mindset, mm-hmm. then we miss out on the things or of setting other people free. And mm-hmm. the very thing that maybe God created you to be, mm-hmm. and we need your story mm-hmm. and that's essential. So don't let these things keep you back and hold you back because mm-hmm. we need you to move on. We yeah. need you to pick up your sword. I believe our identity is centered around creating beauty, creating life, being one that brings hope into every situation. Yeah. It's, it's moving the needle in that direction. And so let's be a people that fight for identity that does that. Yeah. And let's be a people that embrace this reality. I'm actually here to create a future that's beautiful and full of life. Yeah. And let's fight for that. Let's be willing to give our life to that. And let's not settle for these subpar identities that have become so fashionable and so cool. That's it. So oh, man. Well, that's great, Shannon. No, I think you need to say that again. Do not stand. <laughs> don't settle for the subpar. Yeah. Like that's it. I think I think especially this generation that's coming up, like that's not who you have to be. You don't have to settle mm-hmm. for that. That's big. Yeah, you don't have to settle for that. Yeah. My, uh, my daughters, when they were young, uh, they were about 13, 12, 13 years old, um, we had a kind of a rite of passage moment. And we built this beautiful moment with you know, different friends, ad- all adult friends in their life. Some wow. were family and some were just friends. And uh, we made this agreement with them. It was kind of a rite of passage. And the agreement essentially was built around the idea Never settle for second best when it comes to your husband. Wow. When it comes to um, 
options in life. Yeah. When it comes to school, when it comes to big decisions, never, never think you have to settle for second best. Don't settle for the subpar things in life. And so I think there's something about that. I'm like, I'm not going to settle for this identity of just struggling through life. I'm going to begin to move towards an identity that is hopeful, that's full of life, that can take boring material and make something out of it. And that's, that's, that's the kind of people I believe this world needs for sure. We need. But it's, uh, and then in that, you begin to find out why you're alive. Yeah. You begin to find, oh, I'm actually designed for this. I'm actually, this is what makes me wake up in the morning with an excitement for the day. This yeah. is what makes me excited for 2024, 2025. It's yeah. just like reality of, I am designed to take mundane things in life and create beauty out of it, to make something wow. of it. So let's be those kind of people. That's incredible. Yeah. That's cool. Well, that was fun. That's That good. was fun. All right. Well, thanks for the rhino story. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to call this episode. I still think it needs to be golf and rhinos. Golf or and rhino. We'll yes. just do that. All yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, All thanks. Right. Thanks everyone for listening today and uh, hope you have a great week and uh, we will see you next time. Yeah. Bye.